Week 17 of the NBA 2021-22 season was trade week, and it was a busy one. This is Run It Back, NBA Week in Review, Trade Edition. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money, you can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Up-to-date sports, post-game reports, debates and play-by-play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming to on there. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. Creating views from the average fan. This is the show where we go coast to coast to talk to fans of the teams that made the biggest trades. Tonight, I'm excited to talk to Jack. He runs a very good LA Clippers Twitter account. JP to talk New Orleans Pelicans. Tom to talk Sacramento Kings. Akeem Evans to talk Philadelphia 76ers. And Brandon Wynn to talk Washington Wizards. Also be joined from time to time by Steve Priscillo and Isaac Edelman of our partner site, FL Teams, as we break down one of the wildest NBA trade seasons ever. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. All right, now it's time to drop the pin on Washington, D.C., and bring in the Peach Basket Wizards contributor and fan expert, Brandon Wynn. The Wizards made a real splash, acquiring Kristaps Porzingis and a second-round pick for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertrands. Additionally, they sent Montrez Harrell to the uh, Charlotte Hornets for Vernon Carey Jr. and Ish Smith. Welcome, Brandon. Let me bring you in here, and I'm going to bring myself in as well. There are the two of us. I, I also want to uh, call out that from time to time, we'll have some contributors join us. Um, I know, Tom, you are uh, in the green room waiting. I'm just going to give Brandon a little minute to uh, recap the trade, and then we'll bring you in to talk Wizards basketball. Excited to have you with us, Tom. Um, Brandon, let's get right to it. This was a big trade. It shocked me for a lot of reasons we'll get into. Tell me what you like about this trade for the Wizards. Um, the, what, I, what, sorry, the main thing I liked about this trade was that, yeah, you know, I'm never going to say that an NBA player is a bad player just because they're, they're one of the top right. 250, 300 players in, in the world. But when it comes to Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, you know, they're good NBA players, but in terms of what they've done in these in Washington DC this year, you know, they, they just weren't getting the job done. I mean, the guy that – the Spencer Dinwiddie I saw at the beginning of the season, like that's the guy I thought the Wizards were going to get 
throughout the course of the season. Sure. And for whatever reason, he whether it it was injury or just something that has something that has to do with the rotation or how we're using him strategically, it, he just couldn't get back to that level of play or anywhere close to it. Yeah, and then when it comes to Davis Bertans, like when we when the Wizards gave him that big contract in the summer of 2020, he was known at he was known around the league as as a shooter. But yeah. once he put his name down on that contract, he was now you know known as a shooter. And you know, there's a there's a difference. And once and, and it's not just for da, it's not just Davis Bertans, it's with it's with any NBA player. Once you sign a huge contract, yeah. you're now at the top of every team, near the top of every team's scouting report. And it comes down, and from that point on, it comes down to whether or not you can adjust to the elevated defensive um, attention that right. you're going to get. Right. And in Davis Breton's case, he, he never made that adjustment. You know, last year, there was, a, there was a decrease in his production. And this year, his, his production declined even further. And when you have two veteran guys who are just who are not playing up to the level of um, the level of expectations that the team has for them, you know it's time to move them because you know you're just they're just kind of, they're taking away minutes from the young the younger guys who really who really need to see the court in order to develop their their uh, their game. Yeah. So that so yeah, I mean it. So it sounds like you liked more the fact that you got rid of two players that were subpar than than because you're not even talking about KP yet. <laughs> you're talking about who oh, yeah. you guys gave up. Uh, oh yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna okay. get there oh, eventually. <laughs> All right, I want to get there eventually. I mean, I mean, when it comes to Davis Bertans, and you know, for the past year or so, the fan base has been clamoring for him, has been wanting him to get traded. But I, I guess I guess they got their wish. Yeah, but um, when it comes down to to Kristaps Porzingis, I mean, he's he's a good NBA player, but because he plays that power forward position, no, not just the power forward position, but that center position as well. That's the position Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant plays, and my o- my only concern is that with him in the lineup and the production that he puts up, because he's getting he even as an injury prone player when he's on the court he's still getting you 18 to 20 points a game any any nba player with that type of production is going to see the court and my main concern with having him on the team is that he might take some minutes away from rui hachimura mm. or thomas bryant i i prefer to see those guys on the court as much as possible but we'll, we'll see how west Oslo junior decides to to um set the rotation moving forward and another part i like about the uh, the trade is that we got a second round pick which you're getting back picks is a great thing because we lost at, as um as an organization during the ernie grunfeld era we lost a lot of our our draft picks so just to get them back just to get some draft picks back is a good thing yeah and and the Wizards were able to get bring back Ish Smith, who was a great he was a great veteran presence, great locker room guy last year, and a year before that. And just bringing him back, that's that's going to be a great thing for this team, especially moving forward without Bradley Beal. 
Yeah. Um, so much to unpack there. Um, yeah, Tom, sure. I'm going to bring you in here in a minute. Uh, let me just ask you uh, this and then uh, uh, Tom, if, if you have any questions uh, as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm concerned about KP, right? I remember when he was drafted, right? The New York Knicks fans uh, booed because <laughs> nobody <laughs> knew him. And, and then he was, he played good. Uh, for, yeah. for that team. And he, 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 he actually looked like he was going to be a superstar. At least, you know, you got glimpses of what was possible. And then, man, when he went to Dallas, I thought this is, this couldn't be a better fit for him. Luca's such a phenomenal player, a generational player. Um, KP, all he's got to do is, is be tall, grab some rebounds, take that open shot. And it just didn't look like a fit. At some point you start to wonder, is it, the player because you know on, on paper it just looks like a great fit i kind of feel like james harden is that type of player um you just start to wonder is it's is just something wrong with the you know, personality uh, you know the fit uh because on paper james harden and chris paul should have been at the best backcourt in the history of the nba i think or at least they should have that potential and i look at kp and i think this guy is so good but it didn't work in new york they sent him away it didn't work in in, in dallas they sent him away. The, the, what's the general feel in, in Washington? Do, is there excitement? You know, I saw the welcome video. It certainly looks like they're excited to have him. Do you guys think this is this is it? It's going to fit. And, and Tom, I'll bring you in as uh, Brandon answers that question. What do you think, Brandon? Um, to to be honest, I haven't I haven't paid attention to um the fan base's reaction on what they think of what um. Everyone thinks of Christos Porzingis. I I do remember that there, there was mention of um his injury his injury history and how yeah. he's missed a ton of games. And go, going back to what you said earlier about how you know is it like is it does it have something to do with his, with his personality and who he is as a as a um as a player, which made him a which made the uh, Porzingis Luca duo not work out. Yeah, I don't know. I I fully admit I haven't followed Christos Porzingis much throughout the years. I am aware of his injury. Everyone's aware of his injury history, and when it comes to injuries, like sometimes, like even if you're a, you're a talented player like Porzingis, injuries it just derails any momentum you build as a player, especially sure. during the off season when you're trying to add different skills, different um, moves to your game. You make you make all that progress during the during the offseason and then boom an injury hits. And now instead of trying to build on what you've been working on, you gotta rehab and then yeah. you gotta like slowly work your way back and then you get injured again. And that just that just derails your progress even more. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And and hopefully that's what it is, and he gets right and he has a real impact in Washington. I wanna see that for him, I wanna see that for the Wizards. I'm a big fan of Ish Smith. Uh, this he's like uh, the little engine that could, right? This is not a guy that you would think would have any success in the NBA. He's carved out a really good career, and I'm I'm, I'm happy for for Ish Smith. Let me introduce Tom. Tom uh, is uh, probably the best live tweeter in the game, and I mean that sincerely. He uh, live tweets Lakers and um, Golden State Warriors for us, who happen to be meeting today. Uh, he decided to jump on. And, and I think it's kind of appropriate because when we think about the Wizards, my first thought 
is, you know, guys like Thomas Bryant, former Laker, KCP, former Laker, Kyle Kuzma, former Laker, right? A lot of uh, the core of the Washington Wizards um, started out in L.A. So, so, Tom, I don't know if you had any questions or if you just wanted to, 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 to chime in at all about this trade. Oh, shoot, Tom, we can't hear you. This happened to Steve, too. Steve, it might not have been you. We might be having some other issues. I'm assuming you can hear us okay, Tom. All right. Well, we'll let you work on it a little. Um, Brandon, you know, we... We kind of, you know, certainly told us what you didn't like, and and, and I understand, you know, all of that. Um, what do you personally like uh, about the trade? When when you saw it happen, I mean, let me ask you, let me ask you that way: Were you excited, or or did, did this feel like a, a loss for the Wizards? Who won this trade? Oh, I think the the Wizards won this trade just because this trade it gets opens up more opportunities for some of our, of our younger players to get more minutes in the rotation. Like you move, you move Davis Bertans to, um, to Dallas. That's going to open up more minutes for, for Denny Avia at the, at the three, four spot. You move Spencer Dinwiddie to Dallas. Now, now you get more minutes for, um, I'm trying, I can't, I can't re, for some reason, I, for, I forgot his name, but I'm very, I'm terrible with names, but um, it might, it might come to me later, but having um, Spencer Dinwiddie to, move to uh, move to Dallas, that's going to give Ish Smith more time, more time at the point guard's position. And the differences between Dinwiddie and Ish Smith as a, as players is that Ish Smith pushes the pace and when you can get up and down the court, especially with the, te- with the young players we have, that's going to, that's just going to create so much more opportunities for easy buckets uh, in transition, open threes. And that's just not what we were getting earlier earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, even during that ten that uh that ten to three ten three start, right? We were, for the most part, a half court team. We weren't a team that that pushed the pace. And now with the with the uh, trades that we made, I think we're going to see more up and down basketball for for the Wizards moving forward. I think this is going to help. Tr- it's going to help them tremendously because now without without Beal in the lineup, they don't have a, a, um, a true, well, not, I wouldn't say true go-to guy, but an established go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And right, Kuzma, right. Kuzma has a one-on-one game, but he hasn't gone through stretches where that's been, that's been his role Yeah. for, for the most part. Yeah, outside of his rookie year. I was going to say, yeah, Kyle Kuzma being inconsistent is something Tom and I, as as Laker fans, uh, can uh, understand completely. Uh, unfortunately, um, we you you mentioned something there that I don't want to get lost in the shuffle. This Washington Wizards team started off ten and three; they mm-hmm. were or ten and four. They were the team in the in the East. They were number one in every power ranking I saw. They came out of the gates looking phenomenal. Um, and, and I do think that that is still in them. A lot of times those teams will start off the season really good, five and one, you know, but then they'll, they'll tank after that. I think this team has it in them. Uh, they've just got to figure it out. 
Um, Tom, are you with us? Did you have any closing thoughts? I, I know I've got one one final question. I'll leave with Isaac if, if uh, unless you're yeah, with us. Everybody. I don't think. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, we got you, Tom. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's kind of funny, like the Warriors and the Lakers are playing against each other tonight, which is kind of like the strangest thing I feel because this, this is like the first time I've been on here. And LeBron is going to, I think he's going to pass out Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tonight, I feel, because I think he's 19 points away from setting the all-time record for most uh, points in NBA and playoff score in history. And I think Curry is at least 175 or 170, 176 games, like consecutive, consecutively of shooting a three, which is really unbelievable for any kind of player in the NBA to do that. But here, here, the real question to me is like all the soap operas that Russell Westbrook has been <laughs> dealing with, with the Lakers. I, I'm just wondering if he's ever going to get back to the way he was. That's that's like a real issue to me going forward, because he because the things that he says like after the game would just make you scratch your head. But the Lakers, I think they need a whole new makeover and a whole change with their entire roster by the end of the year. And the Warriors, I think, are going to find a way to bounce back because they just have way too much talent to deal with. Couldn't agree more. I, I, and I, I, I let's. Um, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna kind of rephrase that question a little bit. I want to pop in yeah. one quick question from Isaac. Um, mm-hmm. You know, LeBron still got a ways to go, but I don't think I, I. I can't disagree with you that he will likely catch Kareem, which is weird for me. I'm a, to me, Kareem is the greatest of all time. But Brandon, let me ask you this, uh, because in LA right now, the big story is Russell Westbrook. The, you know the. the, the <laughs> The Lakers have not admitted they made a mistake, but everybody, you know, it sure looks like they made a mistake bringing him on. When I look at Russell Westbrook and I saw who he was at the end of last season for the Washington Wizards, he took that team on his back and brought them into the playoffs. He was phenomenal. Um, Is that, and I don't know how much Lakers games you've seen him play, but he's, he's been, you know, he's been really bad. Uh, Poor turnovers, turnovers at the wrong time, um, bad shots. He just hasn't looked like that player. Um, and, and, and I wonder, have you seen prime Russell Westbrook? Do you think those days are behind him? I know it's not fair to ask, but what are your thoughts maybe from you know, looking from afar? Like the, the, uh, the Russell Westbrook that Wizards fans saw towards the, um, ta- the tail end of last year where he put the t- – where him and Bradley Beal just – Put the team on their back and yeah, and dra- and pretty much push push this team towards the playoffs. That that Russell Westbrook, he he still ha- he still has it. He still has that burst. He still has nice. the athleticism. The thing with Russell Westbrook is, is that he he's a rhythm player, and he gets it. He gets that rhythm by having the ball. Not have well, I won't say have like having the ball in his hands a certain amount of times, but just being able to initiate the offense enough times in order to get into that rhythm in order to develop that that comfortability yeah. within the offense and when you're, you're when he's playing with a guy like LeBron who yeah 
they don't they don't quite do the same things on offense, but in terms of how they initiate the offense, it's pretty similar. Yeah. And what happens when a player like Russell Westbrook plays with a player like LeBron? You know, when you when a, when another All Star plays with LeBron, most for the most part, they're gonna see a drop in how often they initiate the offense, unless you're someone right. like a like an Anthony Davis or a Ky- or a Kyrie Irving. Yeah. But before the most part, even like if you go back to LeBron's Miami days, they started winning when D Wade took Dwayne Wade took that step back in order for LeBron sure. to be to be who to be who he is. And or and I think that is losing losing that that rhythm on offense. That's what's that's the reason why Lakers fans are seeing the Russell Westbrook they're seeing this season. Yeah. Because he's he's not in, he's not in rhythm. He's not in situations on offense that he's accustomed to being in. Yeah. You see him playing off the ball more now. He, he's not able to re- initiate as much offense from the top of the key like he like he did last year. Because even when he played with Bradley Beal last year, you still see you still he still got a chance to do what he always did. But now that that's that's not quite the case. And that's why you're and that's why he's been struggling this year. He's just he's not in rhythm. He's not in sync. Yeah. And that's where the turnovers and the bad shots come from. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's just had a hard not a right fit. Too, though, but he's also been he's he's making it difficult for himself because sometimes I feel like he could be a, a bit of a distraction. And you know, he completely lets little things like bother him about not getting enough minutes. And if you're not playing well, it doesn't matter what kind of basketball player you are. If you're not playing well, you're not going to get enough minutes in the game. That's just it. Like, I think the Lakers are, I think they're kind of tuning him out a bit. I mean, you saw it, you saw it in the previous match with the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks just completely annihilated the Lakers. And what happened was that Russell goes to LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they want nothing to do with him. They're just looking that forced at hug. Yeah, that forced hug. They're trying. <laughs> they're trying to do some kind of kumbaya, kind of a yeah, ritual. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to work. He had like a silent double double of ten points and ten rebounds, and it's yeah. like, it's like you didn't even know it because his just like turnover ratio was just so poor. Well, the Lakers are who they are. They didn't make a move. Um, uh, Evan Great, uh, Evan Moore wrote a great article around that. Uh, you can find it. We'll link to it. Um, the Lakers are who they are. So now the only hope is that they can find that Russell Westbrook that Washington Wizards uh, got a chance to see. Um, I'm going to give the last word to Isaac. Hmm. Looks like Eidelman. I'm not sure. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Edelman. I, I don't know. Some person from Facebook asked a question. You touched on this a little bit, uh, Brandon. Uh, Bertrand was on fire, 40% shooter from three. Um, uh, Cuban has come out and said, listen, he's still shooting. I think he's shooting something like 50% from three now. You know, not a huge uh, uh, sample set. But Cuban thinks Bertrand is going to come back. Um, If Bertrand does come back, I know he's got a lot of money. I know he dipped after he got that money. You talked about that. But does does it change your opinion of this trade and the success of the trade? If Bertrand goes back to shooting 44%? <laughs> no, nah, not at all. Okay. Not at all. I mean, like, 
his his game it just it just has not evolved at, at all. Like when, like if you look at his at his offense, the minute he runs off that curl screen and catches the ball, everyone in the arena knows what he's going to do. He's not going to pump fake. He's not going to put the ball on the floor for for a quick one dribble pull up. He's not going to get to the basket. And when your when your offensive game is that is that one dimensional. I mean, sure, you'll, you'll go through stretches where you just, you just knock down almost every single shot. But you can, as an NBA player, you can't be that one-dimensional, especially if you're a 6'9", 6'10", guy like Bertans. I mean, he's, Bertans is not a, a short guy. He's, he's tall. He has, yeah. he has length, but he doesn't use it to, to his advantage, yeah. which, is, which is a little puzzling to me. He, I mean, he's just. I mean, I don't want to like. I don't want to keep saying negative things about Bretons, but he's he's a six ten guy who only he's a six nine six ten guy who only shoots threes. He doesn't have an interior interior yeah. game at all. I mean, he's like he, that like at the size and the size and length that he's he has, like that's perfect for being able to shoot from the shoot over defenders from the mid post. Or take like shoot a, shoot a contested mid range shot with the shot clock winding down, but he just does not have that in his game, yeah. and that's the evolution I wanted to wanted him to to go through as a player once he signed that contract. But yeah, I guess it just didn't happen. Yep, yeah, and sometimes it doesn't for some players. We'll see for the Mavericks' sake. Hopefully, it happens there. But regardless, I'm excited to see KP and the evolution of his game in Washington. Great recap. Thank you. We've got about 10 minutes to go, and then we're going to talk Sacramento Kings basketball. Uh, That's a team that doesn't make a lot of trades, but they made one, and we're excited to talk Kings basketball uh, in about 10 minutes. We'll be right back. Thank you, guys. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. 